Hi, I'm Lucas, and this is the Quacks Podcast. So today I want to talk about blood pressure. Uh, A friend of mine had a reading of 140 over 100, and he was asking, what could he do about it? And blood pressure is kind of hard to nail down because hypertension has this mysterious quality to it. Mm. In fact, I was looking up statistics and found that as many as 95% of the cases of hypertension are what is called essential hypertension, meaning the exact cause is unknown. Hmm. So if you get high blood pressure, it's kind of like, well, what the heck do you do? Right. You know, there, there's, and there's so many risk factors that could cause it too. There's, they're literally too numerous to mention, uh, or to even go through stress, diet, smoking, weight, alcohol, uh, metabolic anxiety driven. So it's just a lot of different things. So it's, it's very difficult when somebody asks you, I have high blood pressure. What do I do to know what to say? But it does seem more often than not, no matter what the issue is or why they got there, the doctors are quick to prescribe a statin well yeah they haven't they have an answer right or it'll be a, like a diuretic or, or something like that but it's all blood the same pressure thing med. pretty much for all of those isn't it i mean it's like a wide sweeping well that's that's the thing is blood pressure a lot of times comes with other stuff so you you know you have cardiovascular issues and so when i was looking up research for this show yeah there's not very many protocols just for blood pressure. Okay. It's usually like cardiovascular health in general, and it will bring down your blood pressure. Right. And so if you go to the doctor and you have high blood pressure, but you don't have high cholesterol, they're going to give you something just to deal with the blood pressure. Okay. If you do have high cholesterol, they'll probably give you something, you know, a statin and then something else to deal with the high blood pressure as mm-hmm. well. So it's kind of just this... because you have high blood pressure. Does that mean you have high cholesterol? No, because okay. you can have high blood pressure from anxiety. Right. You could have high blood pressure from some kind of metabolic thing. Completely. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to get to the root cause of it, you might play whack-a-mole quite a bit, like until you finally get somewhere. So I wanted to do this show about how I would approach high blood pressure in basically escalating phases. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you have high blood pressure of, I don't know, X, Y, Z, whatever, I try these things first and then I escalate if these things don't work right. and so on. Uh, so I'm also going to assume just for the show that you don't know why you have high blood pressure. There are some cases of blood pressure called secondary hypertension where you know the cause like kidney disease, uh, adrenal hormone issues, pregnancy, uh, a medication. Perhaps? Yeah. Like birth control. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. So first, before we dive into what to do, let's just talk real quick about what blood pressure levels are actually high. Uh, The reading comes in two numbers, the systolic and the diastolic. And anything under 120 over 80 is considered normal. At 130 over 80, you're at the hypertensive level one. Mm. And at 140 over 90, you are at hypertensive level two. Now, when you get to 180 over 120, you get to emergency levels of blood pressure. Mm. However, you usually don't have to go to the hospital at those levels of blood pressure unless you're having other symptoms along with it. So chest pain, dizziness, that kind of thing. Regardless, it's cause for concern when you're hitting those numbers. Definitely. Okay. But just because you hit those numbers doesn't mean you have to go run off to the emergency room unless you have these other things going on too. So if you just have super high blood pressure, nothing else going on, just chill, all right? A lot of times what they'll do, they'll have you relax for five minutes, they'll test it again, make Mm -hmm. sure you're not just having some issue, 
and then if it's still high, they'll give you some kind of medication. The blood pressure levels I want to talk about are in that kind of level two range. So 140 over 90. Mm. I think those levels are where you can make some changes and you can see a drop that will keep you off medications. If you have high blood pressure above that, I, I think you should go to the doctor and get something to bring it down while you work at naturally managing it. Okay. Okay. It, gets, it just gets too risky at those high levels. Yeah. And I also think I would definitely not want to be on high blood pressure meds long term. So traditionally, if you get treated for high blood pressure in a doctor's office, you'll get a drug like uh, beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, calcium channel blockers, diuretics, just something along those lines. And while some of these like the ACE inhibitors, they're not too bad long term. Uh, The diuretics, on the other hand, they really increase your chances of metabolic disease and type 2 diabetes. My lord. And some of these diuretics, they cause potassium wasting or sodium wasting. And just over time, that messes with your metabolism. Right. I actually remember this from when I worked in that health health food store. Uh, I noticed this pattern where somebody would come in and ask for something for their blood sugar. So they were type 2 diabetic. And I would ask them, you know, what, what drugs are you on? What are you taking? And often a high blood pressure drug was in the mix and they had this progression and and obviously you know if you're on a high blood pressure drug and and maybe a thing for your heart like everything's going in one direction so mm-hmm. i mean there's there's something to be said about that but the breadcrumbs are leading there yeah but there was this progression that i saw and it was eerie how often i saw it where it started with a statin because cholesterol was a bit high then the blood pressure creeped up and so they got a drug for that, and then blood sugar became uncontrolled, and they were put on metformin. And that's the point <sighs> when they came into the health food store and asked if there was anything they could do. I literally get lightheaded. You just telling me that and just piling. I mean, just one thing to help the other that causes another thing that you need something to get to help that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, please yeah, continue. It's just weird how often I saw that progression. Yeah. You know, and, and I know there's something to be said that, well, maybe they're just have chronic disease they're just degenerating you know it's the the meds aren't necessarily causing it (laughs) but it's pretty eerie (laughs) how often that happened you know know it (laughs) now i also think if you are serious about getting your blood pressure down you should pick up an automatic blood pressure cuff they're actually pretty affordable i'm linking one in the notes from amazon it's like 30 bucks Mm. you put it on your wrist you hit a button does everything for you I think it's good for yeah. most, most most people to have. Do it on the whim. Do it on the whim. Off the cuff. There you, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's there my dad go. joke of the day. All right. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go in phases. The first phase, it's all about broad strokes. And probably these are the things that most people hear uh, from their doctor or online. So we're not going to spend too much time on it. But I'm talking about like things like exercise. Uh, exercise, if you can tolerate it, it's one of the best things for lowering blood pressure and just just walking more. Does it raise though? Like when you first say you have high blood pressure and then you exercise, would that have a propensity to increase your blood pressure as you're exercising even more so? So what I was reading, exercise was listed often as like in studies shown to lower blood pressure. Okay. But just from my own experience and my own imaginings, I could see a thing where if somebody was doing something very intense, right. uh, maybe something that they were a little scared of, their heart starts pumping a little bit. Like yeah. there's there's cases where your blood pressure might rise. Well, like I shark dive and some people get freaked out. They can't handle it. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that would be one of those things. <laughs> that you're you're petting you jaws. <laughs> I don't know why my blood pressure is so high. <laughs> Bizarre. 
<laughs> so exercise is one. Uh, walking is, is good enough. Like I said, cigarettes, drink less alcohol. Those are pretty self-explanatory. Yes. Uh, cutting out caffeine, that can be a very helpful one. And these are all things that have been shown to lower your blood pressure uh, in a lot of different studies. You can also add more potassium-rich foods to your diet, like bananas and raisins. Uh, potassium is kind of the yin to salt yang, so more potassium in your diet will lower your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? And I, I've actually experienced this personally. I uh, One of the only times I actually had low blood pressure at a doctor's office was when I took a bunch of potassium chloride right before my doctor's appointment. Really? Yeah. Purposely? Well, yeah, I was supplementing it and I didn't think about it. Okay. I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to do this. And, okay, that's and, what I was thinking. Yeah, you it wasn't gonna... purposeful. It was Knowing like... you and your experiments. <laughs> yeah, it was an experiment, but I wasn't trying to like <laughs> troll my doctors or something. Right, no. Yeah, so I took it and and I can't remember what my blood pressure was. It was like 90 over 70 or 60 or something. It, it was lower and the nurse was like, whoa, your blood pressure is a little, little low, man. Have some salt. <laughs> You're like, thank you. I already did. I already did. Potassium salt. And I, I want to actually address that right now. The often heard advice you have, you know, if you have high blood pressure is lower your salt intake, right? Yes. And there's been controversy around this, at least in the natural world, for quite a while. And there was a recent meta-study uh, analysis in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that looked at something like 133 different randomized trials of sodium reduction mm-hmm. in relation to high blood pressure. So these are people who are told, reduce your sodium. And there's a, there's a lot of trials right. that they're looking at. And I'll link to it if you're curious. But what they found was that only patients who were in the highest percentile of blood pressure, meaning over 130 and 80, actually had their blood pressure lowered by lowering sodium intake. Okay. Now, below those levels, salt reduction and blood pressure were only weakly tied together, meaning salt reduction is only going to take you so far. Mm-hmm. If you have really high blood pressure and you're eating a lot of salt, yes. then it can help. But it's it's only going to get you so far. Um, in the literature, there's evidence that you know having a lower salt diet might not be great for you. Uh, it might worsen your cholesterol ratios, uh, which are more important than your raw numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also perhaps increase your insulin levels, which might not be good. And just in general, salt is a crucial part of how your body works and how your metabolism Completely. works. Completely. So, I don't know. Lowering salt may be helpful uh, if you're getting a lot of it, but a lower no-salt diet seems a little crazy to me when there are a lot of other changes you could make first, which wouldn't cut out like this major mineral. Right. But there's so many people because they paint in such broad strokes when you hear about these media reporting on too much salt causing this, that, and the other thing is that it's, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater again because people have eliminated salt from their diet and they realize we need this stuff, which is why in the sports salts and different things. I mean, it's Himalayan pink sea salt is so beneficial, I think. Totally. Um, and so much more easily assimilated. So it does seem like we've stripped ourselves completely of these things that we still need and that, and that was another thing I read, and, and I didn't really include it, but we'll just touch on it real quick, is there is this kind of idea in the natural world that if you're just taking straight sodium chloride, that's way different than like a Himalayan sea Completely. salt, right? You're not getting the other uh, natural trace minerals right. and that kind of thing. And depending on how it's been formulated too, obviously, you know. Yeah, there's anti-caking agents. And and all and different kinds of stuff. So totally. yeah, a lot of things to take into consideration, but don't just take all salt out of your diet if you think that you're having a medical issue. I mean, it's usually prescribed by a doctor. They tell you 
you got to go on the no salt diet because your blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of these things, that's why there's so many D deficiencies too, because we were told for so long that D was. Well, I'm glad you mentioned D because the f- next broad stroke is getting more sun. That can help lower your blood Love pressure. <laughs> we're, we're, dude, simpatico. We're thinking on the same wavelength. <laughs> um, another big one is stress and anxiety. We could probably do a whole show on that. Yes. But that that's a big one that you could try and... Ta- your mental state basically really can impact your blood pressure. Uh-huh. Um, and just another one would be just getting more minerals in general. So water with higher levels of minerals and mineral-rich like foods like seafood mm-hmm. uh, those would be a good good kind of broad strokes in how to lower your blood pressure okay cool so let's say you do all those but your lifestyle you know you get it in a good place your stress is lower but you know your blood pressure is still high mm-hmm. what then well the next phase i would do is be adding in different supplements herbs and specific foods that are shown to lower blood pressure and interestingly enough the list is actually really dang long so I'm going to stick with what I consider to be the best for, for time's sake. Uh, but if you want more options, there are plenty out there. And in the references, there are several articles with titles like the top 20 herbs that lower blood pressure and, and all <laughs> that, that sounds stuff. right. Yeah. So the first one that I want to talk about is hawthorn extract. And you'd want to take it at five to 1200 milligrams. Hawthorne is an herb or it's a berry. It has four clinical trials behind it on over 300 people. Uh, two or three of those clinical trials are double blind, which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive, yeah. actually, for a natural substance. And they show that Hawthorne lowers blood pressure. And there's other rat studies also showing the same thing, re- relaxation of veins and arteries, all that stuff. And Hawthorne in general, it's just kind of a great herb for cardiovascular health, which also happens to lower blood pressure. Right. Um, And it also has some tertiary benefits like helping with anxiety, cognitive function, menopausal symptoms. So that would be a good one to start. Yeah, no. Have you ever tried Hawthorne? I've actually, that's funny that you say that. I've been taking it for the last month. Really? Yes. But I was taking it also for heart heart health. Yeah, cardiovascular health. Cardiovascular. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I I can't tell whether or not, you know, um, but I feel good, and I'm doing it because I think some of these things over time are cumulative, but also prevention, yeah. especially with studies behind it. If I can get ahead of it, because they're not saying we're beholden to our DNA, but I do have a lot of heart disease in my family, and I've had heart problems oh. myself. So, okay. you know, so but I I've had a, a real downturn in heart events, which people who've been listening to this podcast yeah. for a while know that I was dealing with some issues. But dude, just the elimination of caffeine. And some of these supplemental things have, have really helped. Yeah. But I don't know if it's the Hawthorne. Okay. Se. Well, you've only been taking it for a month, so we'll yeah. see. I just went off on a wild Hawthorne tangent. So, <laughs> But yeah, no, I have been taking it. So Cool. Yeah. Right, well, maybe tell us how it goes. I will keep you posted. Yeah. So next up is garlic. Garlic has been shown to lower blood pressure. Theoretically, this is the, the theoretical mechanism, through the sulfur compounds within garlic, which create hydrogen sulfide, which enhances the regulation of nitric oxide. You may know nitric oxide from some of the greats like Viagra, uh, which induces vasodilation. Mm. Yes. And actually, well, you looked right at me when you said Viagra. That's the example you're going to use, and then look at me. You son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never taken Viagra. Okay. All yeah. right. Oh, no. All right. So uh, there. <laughs> I, I've seen all of I've, this. No, I'm not. I've seen commercials that can it can help. Okay. Just, hey, dude, stop. <laughs> <like>. I'm fine. <laughs> now, while I was doing research on high blood pressure, I actually came across a link 
uh, I'm sorry, I came across many links. Yes. They were just talking about garlic all the time, how great it is for blood pressure. So I think that would probably be one of the first places I would try. Now, you can add it to your diet, or if you want a stronger source, you could get a supplemental kind of uh, garlic like Kyolic or Alamax. I've actually heard some awesome things about Alamax. Uh, I'm planning to try it here in the next month just Ooh. to see just to see so many different benefits, digestion, cardiovascular health, so on, so on. So I'm going to give it a shot. I love when you is. try stuff compared to when I'm trying stuff because you're like, what do you see? What kind of benefits? I'm, I don't know. One way or daughter. And you're like, you've got a running journal of the things that are happening. <laughs> Bowel movement greener than normal. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, but you're in depth and I'm just like, I, I feel good. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Left earlobe slightly <laughs> bigger. <laughs> you are. You're meticulous. So that's great. So I, we'll actually get some real research out of yours. All right. <laughs> so next up is uh, natto kinase. I'm sure you've heard of natto kinase. I tried it. Also known as natto extract. Yeah, that's strong stuff. Um, it's basically, it comes from fermented soybeans and it's consumed quite a bit in, bit in Asia. Mm. So all of the studies come from Japan on natto kinase. It's actually an enzyme. It helps break down proteins at an it inhibits angiotensin converting enzyme. I was gonna. I thought that it did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could see that in your eyes. <laughs> you may remember earlier I mentioned the ACE inhibitors. That's what that actually stands for. ACE it stands for angiotensin gotcha. converting enzyme. Okay. So natokinase does that naturally. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that when I first looked into that. I because ACE inhibitors are they recommend them for type one diabetics a lot to help with kidney function. Right. And I had no idea that natokinase was a natural version of that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. There are two studies on it, uh, around 80 people, which were double blind. They looked at natokinase versus placebo. Natokinase lowered blood pressure significantly and possibly more in males than in females. But natokinase also does some other cool things. It may prevent blood clots, increase blood flow, mm. help with Alzheimer's, and help prevent strokes. Those are all good things. Yeah, it will thin your blood too. So if you're taking aspirin or some other blood thinner, you got to be careful. That would be good to be aware of. Yes. Yeah. What did you think of natokinase? Dude, I took it once and I got I was so excited about it. I don't want to mention the brand that I was using, but I'm it's all right. Um, I'm actually going to mention a couple brands. It's of... Dr. Mercola, and okay. who is a reputable brand. Yeah. And, and uh, fermented a lot of their stuff. Um, but I got it, and literally I thought that I might pass away that same and I took it the same really? day that a coworker took it with me Michelle I won't mention her name but it's Michelle and uh she was feeling the same thing but she stuck with it you know there's is it a Herx thing or whatever I was like I don't care what it is I do not what did you feel I felt nauseous extremely nauseous um I felt at the same time tense I felt like a weird kind of in my muscles type thing. And it was probably like, like bugs crawling on you or uh, like, not almost like sand in my <laughs> weird. Yes. And, and maybe if I would have stayed with it and I should have put pressed through and just, or pushed through and just um, saw how it was after that. But I was like, eh, I don't, I'm, I'll, I'll revisit this at some point. But wow. yeah, it was enough to, to, but I've heard so many people talk, so favorably about it too so you, you have stories too man that was pretty detailed well it was not a positive it was just me taking natokinase once and yeah and not it's like me going on it. i had a bad trip man once did you get dizzy uh i don't believe i got dizzy 
Hmm. I didn't get dizzy, but I just did not. I felt flu-like. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know of any Herx reaction you could have from natokinase. I mean, so I, I think it probably just didn't agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I have not revisited. That's a good call. Last one I want to mention is the celery seed extract. <laughs> the evidence on this one uh, for hypertension, it's less than Hawthorne and some of the others, but I like it because celery seed extract has some other benefits that the other options don't cover, mainly gout and arthritic pain. Mm. So if somebody has a lot of body pain as well as hypertension, celery seed extract is a good option for them. There's some good anecdotal feedback. Okay. It's also a natural diuretic, so don't be surprised if you have to pee more while you're taking it. Okay. Okay. There's some honorable mentions that I'm not going to go into. CoQ10, hibiscus, berberine, ginger, ginkgo, dandelion. Uh, these are all good options that can be incorporated into your regimen. I also want to mention just straight potassium supplementation as a possibility. Okay. I've used potassium chloride in the past, and while there are some concerns with using potassium at high doses, uh, using it as a salt substitute or something you add to water, I think that works great. What are the concerns? Is it a heart thing? So you know that the FDA does not allow supplements to have more than 99 milligrams of potassium at a time in a supplement. Okay. So the reasons being that if you take too much potassium, theoretically you can stop your heart or you can you can have some heart cardiovascular event. Yes. It's the same reason why they don't do IV potassium. If your heart gets a whole bunch of potassium all at once, it can mess with the electrical current. And I'm not super positive on how it does that. Yet we have to have potassium at the same time, right? Sure, sure. So the FDA just doesn't want people to get too much potassium at one time, and so they limit it. Okay. But that's only in pills. You can actually get potassium powder and, you know, take as much as you want. I've always been skeptical of bananas. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're in Circle K. They're everywhere. Yeah. Trying to kill us with bananas now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not going to have a cardiovascular event from bananas. Don't worry about well, it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the salt substitute I was thinking about, it's called no salt. You've probably heard of no salt, yeah, of right? Course. Uh, it's potassium chloride, so it would theoretically work. But they usually put all these anti-caking agents and other crap in it, mineral oil. It just mm. makes it unattractive. So if that's the direction you want to go, it's better to just buy pure potassium chloride and... Uh, and use that. Mm. All right. Also mention real quick, I'm not a fan of fish oil and going that route. Fish oil will lower your blood pressure, but I don't think fish oil is good to take long term. Okay. We could probably do a show about that. And we will. We should. We should do totally. a show all about fish oil, but it's for another day. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another ocean. Yeah. Now, what's cool about this list of different ingredients is that you can use them one at a time, or you can stack them all to have a greater effect. So we normally talk about uh, single ingredients on the podcast because when you, you know, if you get a prostate blend or a cholesterol supplement with many different ingredients, you aren't sure what's doing what. And so if some part of the blend doesn't agree with you, you have no idea which part. Uh, So often you just have to pitch the whole bottle if you react to it negatively. So we want to avoid that. Um, that caveat always applies, but in this case, I want to mention a couple formulations that I have had good feedback on, so we're going to do something a little different today Okay. and mention some formulations. The first one is Blood Pressure Health from Emerald Labs. Now, just a disclaimer here, I do contract work for Emerald, so I have a bias, uh, but I have had great feedback on that formulation, and okay. I want to tell you about the best things I have heard about, so 
That's a good one. That's great. Uh, another good one is Life Seasons BP Stability. Mm. That's got a nice blend of ingredients. And then if you want a simpler formula without so many things in it, Kyolic Garlic's Blood Pressure Formula is good. That has a ton of garlic and a couple other nice ingredients. Um, so that's I, that's where I would start. There are a lot of other blood pressure blends out there. Yes. But and I'm sure some of them are great, but those three are the ones I like. Yeah, they're yeah, very, they're very popular. What in do the you store. do? You, do you have one you like? Uh, well, I haven't taken any, but I, I mean, mean, I get a lot of heard. feedback on all of those. But also, you know, the number one selling supplement in the store for us is Cardatone. And is that for blood pressure pressure specifically, or is it for just cardiovascular health? Um, is it blood pressure? Uh, wait a second. Let's take a break here for a second. Is, is it, isn't cardatone for blood pressure? It's not for cholesterol. It's for blood pressure. I mean, cardatone... Cardatone is what people take for blood pressure. Yes. It is for blood pressure. Yes, it is for blood pressure. Okay. Um, and it's like magnesium, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, but it's hugely popular to the point where I cannot believe how people react when it's out. Mm. But it's okay. it doesn't have as much of the science behind it as some of these these other ones i don't think but, yeah but all right well that's another good option yeah yeah cardatone cardatone all right now let's say you try these steps and you still have high blood pressure or maybe it's come down a bit but not enough there's a couple more in-depth protocols that you could try the first one comes from a guy named dr wong Mm. which focuses on systemic enzymes. Zymescence. Yeah, zymescence. That's his uh, enzyme blend. Now, systemic enzymes are exactly the same type of enzymes that you would take for digestion. So they break down proteins, carbs, fats, other things like cellulose. But you take these enzymes away from food on an empty stomach and often in a special capsulation, which gets those enzymes to be absorbed through your small intestine into your bloodstream. Mm. And there they go around your body, lowering inflammation and eating up what's called fibrin, which is like a scar tissue. Dr. Wong actually has this article where he talks about high blood pressure as a possible scar tissue within the kidneys and arteries as a cause. And so hence the protocol to eat up scar tissue. Right. Now, his protocol takes a few months. It involves four things, uh, drinking a lot of water, eating a couple cloves of garlic per day, lifting weights, and taking systemic enzymes daily. That's his protocol. He has that blend called Zymescence. That's Z-Y-M-E-S-S-E-N-C-E. That's his own personal brand. There's other enzyme blends, too. Very uh, popular. You know, Wobenzyme, mm-hmm. Vitalzyme. So there's Vibrenza. a lot. Vibrenza. Any way you look at it, you're going to be shelling out a decent amount of money for it these things. It is not cheap. No. Probably, what, 200 bucks a month, maybe? Maybe a little bit less, something like that. Yeah. Definitely is. It's up there. Yeah. The enzymes themselves are very safe, but they're just a little pricey. You know, we should do a show about systemic enzymes. I would love to do because that. Because they're sweet. Well, that's even natokinase was kind of... Yeah, you know, in that in that vein, and in that's that, kind of why mm-hmm. I was going down that route because I hadn't taken them before. But we should both take them, maybe, and and take a different one or take the same one and and see what our yeah. I I used to take I used to take Wobenzyme all the time. Yeah, dude, I used to pop those all the time. They were great. And people who take them swear up and down the river. They're like they don't even bat an eye. They're like, oh, 115 bucks for the bottle. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Of course. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, you know Steve um from garden yeah yeah he uh he was telling me a story about how he blew out his knee the thing was all swollen i mean it's like a grapefruit right right and he took like half a bottle of wobenzyme 
and just he had no pain whatsoever. He was able to vacuum and clean his house like after he blew his knee out. That's and incredible. So, I know. I mean, so they're stupid, they're, but that's incredible. <laughs> really? I know. It's like, come on, man, you're causing more damage. But <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, but the, the I got the corners done in the house. <laughs> Dust bunnies are gone. Yeah. So they're, the enzymes are really neat. They they lower the inflammation, help with pain, all that stuff. So yeah, yeah we should definitely do a show about. I them. definitely am on board. I'm yeah. fascinated by them. Yeah, I wonder why they're so expensive though. You know, you compare them to digestive enzymes, and uh, the only thing I can think is because they work, and <laughs> yeah, and they know that they work, and the people who have these problems that they're taking care of, especially for, I mean, when you describe it, that's how I've always been told that they they're actually eating. The scar tissue, or whatever, or what is mm-hmm. it? How, how does I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, we could do a whole show on it at some point. Uh, yeah, but we'll, it's we'll fascinating. Talk about it. it is. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the first protocol I would look into. Second protocol, it would be chelation therapy. Mm. Much more risky, uh, but if you're in desperate straits, it, it could bring you back. I've read several accounts of people who have really bad chronic illness using chelation therapy to their benefit. Uh, this is. Really for people who are not just experiencing high blood pressure, but also have other chronic diseases. Now, chelation is when they inject a metal binding agent into your vein. So the most common one is EDTA. And EDTA will bind to calcium uh, along with heavy metals like lead and mercury. And the theory is that it cleans up your arteries by chelating the calcium that is found within the plaque that is adhering to your artery and vein walls. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Then you pee all that out. Yeah. Now, then with your arteries all cleaned up, more open, blood is able to flow unimpeded. That's the theory. Yeah. See, I was always, because I'd heard that too, but I was like, how does that, once they've binded to this agent, EDTA or whatever, Yeah. what's to ensure that it's actually getting flushed out of your system? It just goes, your kidneys filter it out. They and do? So, yeah. Your okay. kidneys will filter it out and then you, you pee it out. Okay. Yeah. Because I looked into that. EDTA is not something that just hangs out in your blood. Right. You know, everything in your blood is regulated to be in a certain range. And okay. EDTA's regulation level is zero. Okay. So you just pee it right out. Right on out. Right on out. Now, the evidence of EDTA chelation, it's a little scarce. Uh, there's some evidence that it may help prevent another cardiovascular event after you've already had one. There's also some evidence that it helps with type 2 diabetes. There's also some concern that EDTA ends up binding to many good minerals in your body. So, again, it's it's probably only for people who are a bit desperate. Uh, I would even say that some of the pharmaceutical options might even be safer than jumping into chelation. Really? Yeah, like an ACE inhibitor. Some of those things are not terrible to take long-term. They're not great, but yeah. chelation can mess you up. Well, my thinking would be, why can't you just take minerals, the good minerals? You can. I mean, on top of, so if you're worried of stripping yourself, you just replenish. Yeah. I've I've read some things that somehow EDTA gets deeper in and and pulls those minerals out that you're, they're really crucial and you need them. I don't know. It's okay. There's a big question mark around right. the chelation thing. They are doing more studies on it to find out if it, it's it's good enough. So we'll, we'll stay on that tip. Yeah. If you're interested in that, you may have to Google, find a practitioner offering it in your state or country. And there's probably other protocols out there, but you start getting into more kind of comprehensive protocols that help with blood pressure as a byproduct. So cardiovascular protocols, like, you know, we talked about one with the, uh, chondroitin sulfate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they help your heart health, but they also bring down BPA. I'm sorry, uh, blood pressure. Right. So all in all, 
I don't think it should be that difficult to bring down your blood pressure. If you're willing to experiment and kind of keep track of your progress with your wrist cuff, uh, you should be able to do it. Blood pressure, if you, if that is your issue, should be manageable. Right. There are some people out there who have super stubborn blood pressure, uh, but there's definitely they're definitely few and far between. Completely. Yeah. If I was you follow these things that you've talked about. There's got to be some kind of solution. Yeah. Keep I mean, going. I was when I was doing research for this, I talked to a guy who is one of those people where he's just had high blood pressure forever yeah. and he's been trying to do different things he's done chelation therapy he's done uh all kinds of different stuff none of it's worked for him really? and i was kind of picking his brain about the different protocols out there um and there's not many protocols you know for blood pressure right um he mentioned the the enzyme one is being somewhat working for him but it caused him caused him some other issues at the same time so it's yeah it's, it's hard for people like that yeah, that's a struggle right there. And there's the whole idea, too, that just having slightly high blood pressure is not terrible for you. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's like, it's kind of okay. You know, you don't have to hammer it down. Right. Um, some people just have slightly higher blood pressure, and it can actually be protective in some ways. The, the big concern with blood pressure is obviously you have high blood pressure and then just things erode. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's the issue with blood pressure. It's not that, oh, my gosh, you have 140 over 100 you're dying right now mm-hmm. it's that that blood pressure is just eroding right. your body yeah it's like a river over time riverbed and then the river exactly okay that's a, that's actually a great analogy okay yeah so anyway that's that's what i got those are the phases i would go through start off with the big lifestyle stuff go to the specific herbs some of those herbal combos and vitamin combos the mineral combos those are all good options and then if you're still having problems and you you got the cash go for the enzymes and then kind of get into some more hardcore stuff yeah there are things to try yeah and like you said it can be whack-a-mole but it's kind of important and you don't have to necessarily jump into one of those pharmaceutical options right away yeah and that's the hard part is there's so many different causes you know i mean you could go through all this and figure out it's anxiety or something completely and all of a sudden you're like wow i just started meditating and my you know my blood pressure went down could be a simple allergy could be yeah i know it's just very very difficult symptom to deal with yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for enlightening me, myself. No problem, brother. And uh, the rest of us. Yeah, man. He brings it every week, folks. Good information. It's amazing. Timeless. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. Could raise a person's blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please... Go to our website. Uh, support us by shopping through Amazon. There's going to be a lot of links for products in this episode. So if you are interested in one of those products, use our affiliate link to give us a few bucks. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. Other than that, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a subject you want us to talk about or uh, you have any questions, you can always send us an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com. And thanks, everybody. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Be well.